Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York. It's time for the VolQuest podcast, where we dissect the biggest news items of the week. Hey, good Tuesday morning, everybody. Welcome into the VolQuest podcast. I'm Eric Kane with Grant Ramey, Austin Price, and Brent Hubbs. As always, it is presented by our friends Exterior Home Solutions. You can get a free estimate if you give them a call today at 865-524-5888 or visit them online at exteriorhomesolutions.com. A busy time at VolQuest.com right now. I encourage you to continue to, to join us if you haven't already. Over on the General's Quarters, we've got SEC Media Days coming up at the end of the week for Tennessee. Of course, it's going on right now. Fall camp starts in less than two weeks. Recruiting never stops. And Brent Hubbs, it was a busy, busy Friday as after, what was it, 86 days, two and a half years, 30 long months, Tennessee finally has some resolution from the NCAA into the investigation into the Jeremy Pruitt regime. Yeah, I mean, you see the Seinfeld gif where everybody runs in the room and they're all dancing. I mean, that's kind of the way Tennessee fans should feel right now, regardless of regardless of whether you like the outcome or you don't like the outcome. The reality is there's an outcome. And no longer is that the case. Austin asked me Friday afternoon, he said, what are you going to write for part of the team portion of the war room every Friday? Because for the last 30 months, I've been writing something about the investigation. And then I've been writing for the last 87 days. Hey, it could come at any time now. It could come at any time. So uh, finally, you know, there's resolution. It's over. And, um, you know, that for Tennessee, you know, that's that's what they've been looking for for a long time. For Josh Heupel, Grant Ramey, um, 
The negative recruiting should stop for the most part. I mean, about the NCAA stuff, there's still negative recruiting, but that part will stop. And, and there's nothing, there's no cloud, there's no speed bump. I mean, there, there's nothing blocking Josh Heupel and, and this and this football coaching staff from uh, doing what they want to do on the field and in recruiting. There, there's nothing that they have to overcome that's out of their control right now. I think my gift of choice would be the old lady from Titanic that says it's been 84 years. She's looking at the, the jewel thing. And also for the war room, you just put, you just, the, there's a baton there and, and you go from investigation to Neyland construction and Neyland entertainment district. And that should take care of your next. And don't forget or how it, they're all having a great summer. They've never been faster or stronger. Don't forget about right, that. Right, right, right. They've, they've never been faster. They've been stronger. It's never been a better summer in the weight room. I mean, how many times did we hear Hypel refer to this thing as a speed bump for the last two plus years? I mean, every time you ask them about it, you know, they didn't have any part of it. It's not their business, whatever, blah, blah, blah. It's just, it's a speed bump. We're going to keep moving forward. I mean, Hypel went through this whole thing. He inherited a mess. He inherited a depleted roster. I mean, he inherited something that was awful, and he's turned it into something that's really, really good and really, really fun to be around and this team to watch and the way they score points and all this stuff. And he just kept referring to it as a speed bump, and it turns out it was just a speed bump because of the way Tennessee handled it on the front end, the way they covered themselves. Um, they, they took off, the, you know, take off the table the really bad stuff that could happen to you, and it just turns into a fine and scholarship reductions and Recruiting limitations and a bunch of, you know, show causes for a bunch of guys who aren't here anymore. So he was right when he said speed bump all, all those times. I, I said for several years that you go back to when Phillip was fired at the end of the 08 season and Lane Kiffin was hired. And I said that Clemson and Tennessee were two cruise ships that had went into port. Bryce Young, or not Bryce Young, but uh, um, Bryce Petty and, and, and then uh, Taj Boyd were on the cruise ship with Tennessee and they switched cruise ships and Taj Boyd went onto that Clemson cruise ship and Tennessee sailed into the Bermuda triangle for so long and Clemson sailed into clear blue waters. And it honestly, I don't know it's just cause you just coming off the last football game you played was Clemson, but it feels like they finally have, have, you know, met back up with Clemson in the blue waters. Right. Like it just feels that way. Like it just, it feels like after Friday, you know, Tennessee's not got, you know, the Bermuda Triangle anymore. And, you know, again, they've got to go out and win games this fall. But, you know, uh, Friday was a massive win. I know they're going to have to navigate a few of those, you know, scholarships and, you know, evaluation periods and all that stuff. But in the grand scheme of things, all that's, uh, you know, easily navigatable. Yep. Brent, we, if you're watching on YouTube right now, you can see uh, on, on the screen the, the punishments, the, the bulk of it here. And, and Brent, um, $8 million fine, no bowl ban, which is the big one, five-year probation, 28 scholarships. By the end of this year, 18's already been accounted for. Uh, some more recruiting restrictions, of course, official visitors, evaluation period, all that type of stuff. Uh, Pruitt got a six-year show call, some of his assistants and recruiting staff show calls and all that. I mean, this isn't anything, don't get me wrong. It still feels kind of weird when I'm doing radio hits on Friday and over the weekend saying, well, it was a good day for Tennessee. It was a good day for Tennessee. Overall, Brent, I mean, it kind of was a good day for Tennessee. You didn't get the bowl ban, but of course, all this still isn't anything, but you've already been working with these restrictions for two years almost. Well, you have two things. One, you you did a good job of making it a speed bump and not a crater because of, of what you did the last two years to try to get ahead of some things. Going ahead and taking some scholarships in that in year one, playing shorthanded, um, going ahead and doing some of the recruiting restrictions that you need to have, 
so some of those things, you know, the football staff did a good job of. And I'll give I'll give Josh Hypo a lot of credit for that because the temptation in that first year when you have 30 people going to transfer portal is load up in the transfers because I can't play with that short of a deck. But Tennessee committed to playing with a shorthanded deck. Um, and then Hendon Hooker made him look real smart doing it because he's pretty good in this offense and, and they overachieved, uh, which was a smart move on, on their part that way. Uh, yeah, you're right, Eric. Th- th- this is something. It's, it's not like it was just a slap in the wrist and it's, it's no big deal. And I know some people on the board have, have talked about, you know, you guys act like it's no big deal and all those th- types of things. I think you got to look at what it could have been, Austin. 18 level one violations. Um, you, you didn't have, you, you didn't find this because, you know, of some random little happenstance. You had someone come to the chancellor, went right around the AD's office, went right around compliance and went to the chancellor's office and said, here are all the issues going on in football. Here's what they're doing wrong. And so they had to attack, in my opinion, they had to attack it the way they did as aggressively as they did. I don't think you could have sat there and said, Hey, I'm just going to pay Jeremy Pruitt to go away. Cause who knows where that person who contacted the chancellor's office goes next with it. The president's office, the state, the NCAA, you, you don't know where it goes at that point. So as I wrote on Friday, Don D. Plowman had a choice. Now I'm going to be as completely transparent as she's been. When, when they come, she came out of that press conference and we walked out of that press conference on the day Jeremy Pruitt was fired and Philip Fulmer's resignation was announced. Austin, I turned to you and I said, I don't know what in the world that was all. Of, what What is she doing just going to into the depths of everything? Because from a PR standpoint, that doesn't make a lot of sense, right? To go out there and say, I'm appalled at the number and I'm appalled at the cover up that took place within the program and the department and everything else. I mean, you were sending like the, the, to borrow your Bermuda Triangle, it was coming out of the lighthouse and you could see the light in the Bermuda Triangle for the NCAA. Y'all need to come look at all this because there's major problems at Tennessee. Uh, but she navigated it well. Tennessee navigated it well. Uh, I think they navigated it the way they had to. Not everybody's going to agree with that opinion. You guys may disagree with me on that. I don't think she had a lot of choice. And I think the way she navigated it and the way they handled themselves got them the best possible outcome they could get. I know a lot of people say LSU, North Carolina. LSU had what, one major level one? Tennessee had 18. And North Carolina had five. O- Ole Miss had 16 and got a two-year bowl ban, if, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So, I mean, the, comparing LSU, who did tell the NCAA to kick rocks, to what Tennessee did is apples and oranges. Now, again, there were points in times where I was over this story where I said Tennessee should tell them to kick rocks. You know what? But I was wrong because I think when you look at it now and see the depths of everything that was out there, telling them to kick rocks would have got you in a boatload of trouble because Austin, two people got major show causes because they told the NCAA to kick rocks, right? Yeah, I mean. Not Jeremy Pruitt, but, but the other two, right? That's right. There, you know, the the low level recruiting staffer got a ten year show cause, and then and then the one donor who failed to cooperate with the NCAA got you know ten year um, disassociation. Now, listen, that doesn't stop the donor from coming to games. Doesn't stop the donor from being a fan. Doesn't stop the donor from donating to the NIL if he wants to. Um, but he can't give Tennessee money, which I mean, at the end of the day, just saves that donor money. 
<laughs> and at the end of the day, that donor was only doing what the head coach and the assistant coaches at the University of Tennessee wanted him to do, which is what a lot of donors across this country and a lot of different schools do when their head coach or their assistant coaches ask for help. And so, but because that person did not speak uh, and do the interviews with the NCAA, the NCAA was clearly trying to send a message, it seems like, um, you know, it, 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 listen, at, at the end of the day, you know, you can argue it either way. You know, sure, like, you know, you have to do these things. You have less, you know, you have to be a little more creative when you're you're evaluating the roster, when you're you're out, you know, doing evals and spring recruiting and that type of thing. But at the end of the day, most teams are somewhere between 80 and 85 every year anyway. I mean, like, not everybody's at 85 every season. And, and so that what happens when they're not at 85? Then, you know, the person that's really hurting this is, Little Billy and little Bobby, who you know walked on to the team that could have benefited through hard work, being the 84th and 85th scholarships at times. Now they're not going to get those extra scholarships given to them. And you know, it, it just you know it's one of those things where like it's time to you know put it in the rearview mirror, full steam ahead for 23 and everything else. Grant, you and I were talking on Friday. Uh, when you look at the money, I mean, again, it's not an exact wash, but you have an eight million dollar fine. All right. Um, you paid a little over $2 million for that investigation that you paid for that the NCAA just kind of took and ran with, right? And uh, s some other stuff as well. And then when you look at the potential buyout, Brent, I believe it was, what, 12.6 for Jeremy Pruitt? Yeah. Now, you know, and I know everybody's going to try to do that math there. I mean, if you fired Jeremy Pruitt amidst an investigation, you weren't going to give him the full buyout. You could have probably got Jeremy Jeremy Pruitt and given him $4 million to go away, and he probably would have taken the $4 million to go away. Okay? So it's – and I know some people who are saying you should have went this way or looking at it going, all right, it's $8 million or $12 million here and $12 million. It's apples and oranges. You, you know, you came out of maybe even to the good a little bit. Now, and financially, no, because he would have taken less money when you fired him. Okay, you, you could have he would have gladly negotiated a settlement for some money. Yeah. Okay, um, so you, you weren't going to pay him that full allotment. The bottom line is, she was never, Donna Plowman was never going to pay him a dime. She made that very clear at that press conference. Now, the one thing we don't know, Grant, and I didn't mean to take over your point, Eric, the, the one thing that, that we don't know, Grant, is how, how do you handle this if Tennessee had had an eight and two record during the COVID year and this story came out? That we'll never know. It's it, it's irrelevant because you have no idea what it looks like then. But um, his struggles on the field made it easier. The depth and the magnitude of all the violations made it easier. Dondi Plowman didn't hire him. She had no emotional investment into the hiring of Jeremy Pruitt. And she was going to protect the university and student-athlete. And that's where Tennessee stands today. And after 30 months of anguish, they're in a better spot than they were. Right. And I think what you're paying for here is is peace of mind because, you know, you won three games in 2020. You're looking to make a change. If you pay the man his money and you start over and, and you move on, then you're out money and you're basically gambling that none of this is going to ever surface like you were talking about earlier, Brent. And what we've learned from all the stuff that's been written about this and the, the info, the details that have come out, they weren't great at cheating and they weren't great at not talking about cheating and covering it up and, and whatever. So you're, you're risking that for however long is that going to come out? And if so, you're going to get hammered by the NCAA because you had a heads up on it and you didn't do anything for it. Now, what's been interesting to me is the outside perception of this is Tennessee committed 200 individual infractions and 18 level ones and all this stuff. And the NCAA is now toothless 
and dead because Tennessee didn't get a bowl ban. Tennessee got an $8 million fine, five years probation, scholarships and, and recruiting limitations, that stuff. But the kind of, I don't think, I think people see those numbers, the infraction number and the level one number, they don't really take into consideration how much Tennessee basically taped off the crime scene and pre- preserved the crime scene and investigated it themselves and paid for and it and invited the NCAA to be part of that investigate and basically just handed everything to the NCAA. Here's what happened. Here's how it happened. Here's who did it, all this stuff. I mean, I think what Donde paid for there with that $8 million fine and the investigation is peace of mind that, you know, they've done it the right way. They started over uh, and they're going to take their punishment and, and move forward, not having to worry about does this ever surface? Well, it's like Brent said, you, you weren't coming off an eight and two season in 2020. You're coming off a three and seven disaster so you're going to do something you might as well do it the right way they, they did they look like they look like gil grissom csi in there taping it off no contamination, like, no, no contamination of the evidence they brought in Don, Gibbs, Don Day, Gibbs from ncis donde was a uh, gomer power running across the street on citizens arrest <laughs> I, 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 I will maintain maintain that where this thing went south for pruitt was he had some older experienced guys leave the program after year two. And you look at a lot of those text messages. They're by Shelton Felton and experience. They're from a bunch of low level recruiting staffers. And you know, that again, immature 23, 24 years old, and they didn't delete anything. And there lies the, the kind of the, the fly in the ointment for why this thing, you know, had so much evidence to it is because all those young kids that were doing all the text messaging because they're inexperienced, they didn't delete anything. And they had a treasure trove of, you know, evidence against the previous staff. And it was a large volume of people. It wasn't one assistant. It wasn't a couple of people. It was a large deal. And when, I think in that November when the story broke and we all said, hey, let's wait and see what this thing turns into, about 10 days into it, the people doing the investigation from an internal standpoint figured out real quick that this was, that it was deep and a lot of people were involved and it took a dramatic turn, which is why we had that press conference in January, which is why there was a complete and utter clean house and a complete start over for Tennessee. And, um, you know, as I said, because of the success they've had the last two years and where they are, Tennessee's in a much healthier spot and, and they're in a, in a much, much better place. And um, it just took a while to get there. And now we'll see what it looks like moving forward. But for the first time, it feels like there is Grant, no cloud or Eric, no cloud hanging over, you know, kind of this program it feels like they're on solid footing and everybody's in unison and everybody's you know around the campfire singing kumbaya and everybody's all committed to everybody winning and you know it feels like they're it feels like somebody in football is not on the hot seat right now which when's the last time you felt that way right and you better, um, you better knock on wood hubs knock well, on, wood, knock on something knock on, knock on wood knock on my head but i mean it, it it's it's been a long time since Tennessee's felt this way. How long does it last? I don't know. We know it's fragile, right? You can be on top of the mountain one day in college athletics, and you can be in the in the basement look at, in a hurry. Look at Phillip. He played in the SEC championship game in 07 and 08. He was out. 
Yeah. I you know mean, how long it'll last? It'll last until about eleven thirty-seven a.m. Central Time on September second when Tennessee goes three and out, and they're like, "Get this guy out of here." <laughs> that's not the, that's not the scenario. We're gonna talk about it going downhill. That's not the scenario I would have painted. Everybody knows the scenario I would paint where fans would be going bananas. Um, but yeah, I mean, or you could say later in the month when Tennessee goes to Florida, because you know if if they don't win with a depleted Florida team down there, you know it can go. 180 in a hurry so we'll get into some sec media day preview here in just a second but but kind of wrapping up this conversation um you know brandon in, in five years for sure at least the football program will officially be playing on a level you know playing field with the lsus and the georgias and the floridas and all that um but josh heupel came in and took this job when tennessee was a national embarrassment tennessee was a laughing stock second time in three off seasons tennessee's looking for an athletics director and a head coach. Tennessee's in the middle of an internal investigation. 30-plus players darted to the transfer portal. You hire a guy from UCF, that uh, athletic director, that self-proclaimed the Knights national champions in 2017. It's still funny today, but it was still a good marketing tool. He goes and gets his guy, the safe, the safe, comfortable hire, if you will, and all that aligned perfectly. The fact that Don DePlowman's here at Tennessee, the fact that you got Danny White, you got Josh Heupel, legislation, the COVID year allowing some of those fifth-year uh, fifth year seniors to stick around. It all kind of aligned and allowed Josh Heupel, Grant, to jumpstart this program. You wrote about it a couple of times. I've got a story coming out some point this week about, you know, just the job Josh Heupel's done amidst all this cloud. And, I mean, it's it's nothing, nothing short of impressive. Well, you're right. And and here's, here's the irony of it all. The, the reason Josh Heupel could do what he did was number five. Yeah. <laughs> who was who was the Christmas gift that the Grinch forgot to get put in the bag and take back up the hill, right? <laughs> like that, that's the I mean, that's the gift that like that that Jeremy Pruitt left. Now I don't have any idea what he would have done with Jim Cheney and all that stuff. I'm not saying that. But where is this program if Hendon Hooker doesn't fall into Josh Heupel's lap? I'm not saying Josh Heupel's struggling but grant they don't win 10 games have a heisman trophy candidate number one in the first playoff standings beat alabama beat florida i mean the 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 irony is the the of the one who stayed the guy that was an afterthought when he committed i mean we all went okay they took a quarterback whatever this guy didn't he flamed out of virginia tech he's going to go down in history as one of the all-time tennessee favorite quarterbacks because of how he jump-started this program and who he beat during his two years as a starter at tennessee I mean, it was perfect timing and a perfect marriage and just things coming together. And for, and to be honest, how long has it been since you could really s describe something involving Tennessee football as that? Like, it just happened to come together at the perfect time with the perfect personnel, the perfect coach, the perfect offense, the scheme, all that stuff. Coming together at the right time when it looked like everything was about as disastrous as it could be. I mean, give Hypo credit for an all-time, you know, buy, buying low on the stock and, and being able to cash in on what he's done the first two years after inheriting such a such a mess that he inherited but yeah i mean what what hendon did the first two years and and kind of the magic that it's been it, it just felt like a perfect marriage and a perfect situation and, and it's been a really long time and all of last season it felt like there was so much magic in that season it felt like how long has it been since tennessee football is able to say this and they did all that while this whole ncaa thing like like hub said in the beginning was hovering over and he was updating the war room every uh thursday night and now that it's gone uh, it feels like, I don't know, it's got to feel like a weight off a lot of people's shoulders. 
We got all the coverage from Friday's announcement, NCAA, what the um, you know the head of the NCAA infractions uh, committee had to say, what Josh Heupel had to say in the Paul Feinbaum show, all that and more. It's over at VolQuest.com, and it will continue to be over there for your complete coverage to reference. Uh, moving forward, Josh Hopple is going to be excited about his 2023 season, and we'll talk about that at SEC Media Days. We'll talk about that here in just a second. But real quick, I want to let you guys know about uh, proud sponsors of the show, Bird Dogs. Bird Dogs stretch khaki shorts. They're designed to fit a slimmer build through the thigh and give you a more sculpted look. The shorts do the exact same thing as what Lululemon does, but it fits way better. And they've, uh, they fit way better than those regular shorts because those shorts are made of stiff and restricting cotton while Bird Dogs has fixed this issue. And uh, they've got a cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki, but it stretches so you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement in your everyday life. Bird Dogs uses an anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. The versatility is endless, right? I've got a couple different pairs of slacks and shorts, and you can go cover a, a ball game. You can go to dinner, you can go to church, and you feel good. You look good for pretty much in any event with our friends over at Bird Dogs. All right, so what I want you to do right now is go to birddogs.com slash VQ. That promo code is VQ, and you're going to get a free Yeti-style tumbler with your order. If you're watching on YouTube, you see it right here. I've got my coffee drinking in it right here. It's been hot for a little over an hour right now. Free Yeti-style tumbler with your promo code VQ at birddogs.com. That's birddogs.com slash VQ, or just put the promo code in VQ for a free Yeti-style tumbler. You're not going to want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you that. And before we get into SEC Media Day's talk, a quick uh, message from our proud sponsors, Exterior Home Solutions. You know, life happens, and damage to your home can be extremely stressful. That's why it's important to find someone who offers efficient, quality work with financing options. Exterior Home Solutions, they value not only family, but community. And they're who I call when life happens, and you should too. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. All right, guys, got SEC Media Days. They're well underway over in Nashville. That's the home base this year for SEC Media Days. On Monday, Brent, Brett McMurphy, the first to report that next year's SEC Media Days, and I just want to get your reaction, we'll be in Dallas, Texas, and we'll all have to go down to the Lone Star State. <laughs> will Zoom options be available at that point in time? Um, <laughs> you knew you knew this was you knew this was going to happen at some point um sure. you know i think that they're going to see that the attendance for that one will be outside of the texas media that one's going to be low um how many people from florida or south carolina are going to come over there when you can watch it on 
you, know, you can watch it on SEC Network, you know, and, and you can grab the transcript and see those things. Um, no offense to the SEC, that event's not what it once was, where you could grab people in the hallway and, and, and do some things. It's a lot harder to get one-on-ones, and you can't follow guys from room to room like you could, uh, you know, years ago. And so um, we'll see. We'll see about Dallas, Texas, AP. I, you'll go because you'll find some country club down there to play, I'm sure. Something's on, something's on your list for July down there, right? It, it, I'll say this. It'll be hard to do a down and back, which is um, which is something that's been a mainstay for VolQuest for, for the last uh, decade or so. Um, so we will certainly miss it uh, not being in Nashville or Atlanta or even Hoover at that point if we got to get on an airplane and go somewhere. Brent, it depends if AP wants to go to uh, Dallas-Fort Worth with me in February for baseball. If he goes on that trip, then – Maybe he won't go to SEC media days. I, we, we get two opportunities next year. Who says you're getting to go to that trip? <laughs> Ouch. Ouch. I will, I will sell my way. I'm, I'm, I'm going to that one. Hey, we, we've already sold you out so we can send Grant to Maui for the Maui invitation. Um, if yeah. I was Grant, I'd push for that one hard. <laughs> so, yeah, I, if next year, I, you know, I'll just be down there on in Dealey Plaza right down there on Elm. Forget, hey, forget Maui. I got to go. I got to be in Lake Cuomo, uh, Italy here in about 10 days, 14 days, something like that. Sorry, Hubs. I went ahead and purchased that one. I've, seen, I've seen the cost of that. I've, I've seen the cost of that trip for, for extra spectators, Grant. It's not, it's not pretty. So hey, Grant, we'll let yeah. you go. <laughs> yeah. You can't take your wife. <laughs> All right. Hey, that price you heard, I already paid it. So you better get back in that garden when we're done recording this. Get to work. I got a lot more beans to pick. <laughs> All right, yeah, we got to go. <laughs> so with SEC media days coming up, Tennessee's going to take to the podium. Should be the last team that goes on the week, a Thursday afternoon. Is the conversation, obviously a lot of it's going to be about the investigation wrapping up and all that, but Austin, is it going to be completely dominated by that talk or what's going to be the biggest storyline? Obviously that, Joe Milton replacing all these guys. What's going to be the talk for Tennessee on Thursday when they get to the podium? Well, I think that you know, from the out from the outsiders that aren't a part of the program on a daily basis, yeah, they'll talk about you know the NCAA resolution and all that. Um, but I think there'll also be a lot of talk about how does Tennessee not make you know the Orange Bowl you know the end of the journey and and just a, a you know just a stop you know gap on the road trip, right? Like the, that to have continuation of this and have some consistency and to be able to take eleven and two and turn around and do a nine and three or ten and two again in the regular season this year um i think that's uh, you know one of the big storylines and then you know i think you'll just hear hype talk about you know his upperclassmen because he does have a lot of them and he's going to have to rely on them you know this year uh to you know for tennessee to not have that kind of regression in 2023 and continue on with what the 2022 team did and he'll do a fabulous job in 20 minutes at the podium of saying nothing <laughs> filibuster baby read the I mean, roster you know read I, mean, the roster. I mean for, for a guy as aggressive as he is on the field he's the most unaggressive at the podium of i mean it's aggressive in saying nothing he takes pride in it too i mean he kind of i think he kind of enjoys going all right write something out of that good luck with that deal because you know he's not gonna he's not gonna offer up a, a whole lot of stuff if, uh, if i'm bill martin i push josh to walk up there and say in honor of coach leach let's just go straight to the questions and 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 you know i, I think that'd be a nice you know, thing and it, as much talk as there's been about how he gave seven seven words last year compared to everybody else's thousand plus, um, that's what I would do. 
Then you got 30 minutes, though. That's why, of course, it'd be nice. Of course, he won't do it, but you got 30 minutes of fielding questions. Grant, I think Joe Milton's is going to be the talk of, uh, you know, one of the big storylines. Obviously, quarterbacks dominate the conversation, but media days kicking off yesterday, going throughout the week. And, of course, Joe Milton won't get there till Thursday, but I think Joe Milton's going to be one of the most talked about players in the Southeastern Conference this week in Nashville. For sure. I mean, how far did he throw the ball at the Manning Passing Academy? 81 yards or something? The fact that that's a number that's bouncing around in my head the week, the week of SEC media days, I, I think that leads you to believe there's going to be a lot of questions about that. I mean, the way the guy carries himself, um, you know, the smile on his face and, and the way he says all the right stuff and, and what people have seen from him in the clips and uh, just how long he's been around in the college game. And, and yeah, that's going to be – once the transition happens for people outside of the program, or outside of the the Knoxville media market, once they get over the NCAA stuff, it's going to go straight to Joe and replacing Hendon Hooker and and how can this guy operate this offense and uh, put up as many points as Hendon did and move as quickly as Hendon did and be as efficient with it and make the right reads and uh, operate as quickly as you have to operate in this offense. So, uh, yeah, once they do get past the NCAA stuff, it's going to go straight to Joe and he's going to be everybody's focus in terms of – because that's – I mean, that's honestly the biggest question, how this program moves forward is – is how Joe moves them forward. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think Joe will be, I mean, Spencer Rattler, I mean, I guess people will ask him some questions, but there's a lot known. There's been a lot written about Spencer Rattler. Joe Milton is kind of the unknown. He, you look at that list of players who's there, uh, who's going to be there. That, that's the guy the media wants to talk to, right, is, is Joe yeah. Milton. I mean, he. no offense to anybody else, but, I mean, he is this – Great unknown. Like, what is he? I mean, Grant, I think you said this on the podcast. I mean, he's built and looks like Cam Newton. He throws it a country mile. He lost his job and didn't get it back to a guy who was, you know, now with the Lions. Like, there's a lot to dive into with Joe Milton, depending on how many layers Joe Milton wants to peel back. And so I think that he is going to be the most talked about guy or the most interviewed guy on – um that Thursday, and there's probably a few quarterbacks who are going to get asked over the next three days, can you throw a football 81 yards, right? You know, how far can you throw a football? You know, we've seen Joe Milton do this. I mean, what do you think about that? I mean, he's going to be talked about a little bit in the days leading up to his arrival. And then Joe will get a goofy question like, you know, how far can you throw a tomato or how far can you throw a <laughs> There'll be something like that, right? Um, but I, I think I think Joe Milton's pretty fascinating because you just – there's a lot of – we talked about this last week. There's a lot of hype, you know, but who is he, Austin? You know, I think that's the – I think that's still the question out there a lot of people have. Yeah, I, you know, Joe has this kind of like laid back, you know, you know, just kind of like Joe Cool, so to speak, uh, you know, demeanor about him. But I think, you know, he's a pretty fascinating guy if you can peel back the layers. And it's just about getting, you know, getting to that point. Um, but, yeah, I think he'll be a hit at media days because he's got a big smile – a big personality, um, you know, I'm sure that he's going to be coached between now and then about not saying things like I don't lose in the state of Florida and stuff like that, even though he's already said that. Um, but he, he's going to have a big smile and a big personality. And, when you know, I, I think another hit will be Omari Thomas because I think Omari Thomas is just going to handle himself a certain way. But there's no doubt the headliner's Joe. Um, I think that he'll do a really, really nice job of, you know, presenting Tennessee and Josh Heupel um, for, the Tennessee, uh, for the Tennessee contingent. I think another thing with Joe is how unique of a story he is in college football right now because he'd already transferred when he got to Tennessee and he got here and he won the job and then he got hurt and then Hinton takes over and he 
and you know the the expectation is he's probably going to leave and go somewhere else and find somewhere to play in 2022 and he sticks around and him and Hendon are best friends and roommates and study film together and all this stuff and Hendon gets hurt and Hendon helps Joe prepare for the Orange Bowl and all like that those storylines just there's not a lot of patience and waiting around and waiting your turn you're right about that we've seen from Joe and and that and that's what I think a lot of media outlets look for are those kind of cool story unique storylines of a guy that in the transfer portal era who had already transferred once waited his turn after getting the starting job and after seeing the starting job go away and, and developing such a, uh, a strong relationship with the guy he was directly competing with and, and watching that guy have so much success for two years and being his biggest cheerleader and being the guy that was meeting him on the sideline every time he came off the field and all that stuff. So I think that's another reason why the spotlight will be so bright on Joe this week. And if Joe, if Joe performs this fall, I said the other day, not only talking about draft picks, but I mean, it'll be one of Josh Heupel's best coaching jobs to take him from where he was when he first got here to potentially a, ten, a you know a first round pick and and a guy that you know leads Tennessee to 9 10 11 wins whatever it is this year again if he plays well that's what they're capable of and if that happens then you know that combination right there will be just as impressive as you know any for Josh Heupel during his uh, career of coaching quarterbacks yeah, conference expansion the expansion of the college football playoffs you've got uh, sports betting got a whole lot of the normal stuff that's going to be asked about and talked about with coaches and maybe even some players because that's what we've been talking about the last couple of years and certainly at the SEC spring meetings in Destin a couple months ago. Any other big storylines, not even necessarily Tennessee, but big storylines potentially we could see Brent or Austin or, or anybody uh, this week coming out of Nashville leading up into the season? Well, I think that's, you know, where is governance of, the, of NIL and how do you manage NIL and what do you do with NIL? I mean, I, I think that you hear every coach talk about, you know, you need some guardrails, you know, you need some guardrails to NIL, but nobody nobody has any idea what those guardrails should look like or how you should put them in place. So I still think there's going to be conversation uh, about NIL, um, you know, and, and I don't think that conversation is going away anytime, anytime soon, um, you know. Uh, so I, I would throw that on there. I don't know that the one-time transfer is going to be that big of a topic, you know, because the football window makes sense. You know, it seems to be um, there's some things there that, you know, it, it go in football it goes about as well as it's supposed to go, right? I mean, in, in terms of your timing and everything else. But I think the NIL conversation is always out there and always prevalent. And um, I think players will be asked about that this week and, and coaches alike so that that's a topic that's that's always going to be there as we wrap up this conversation uh any any media day memories that stick out to you guys that were funny or, or just something that you haven't forgotten soon in, in your time covering media days over the years yeah some egghead at Valquest wrote a column about tim tebow in 2007 i don't know who that guy was but he had no idea he didn't know his audience very well at all um <laughs> so um that 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 was a that was a a lesson learned very quickly um you know back then we covered it i covered it every day and so uh like the first time i covered it for Valquest, i sat down with this is how it was different back then i sat down with deuce McAllister, who was a Heisman trophy candidate by the way i got like a 15 minute one-on-one with deuce McAllister sitting in a chair outside a room and wrote that for Valquest. um not really sure why, but Tennessee wasn't there that day. I needed something to talk about. So 
Um, Mike Strange and I had talked about enough media members and everybody else and pirates and all kinds of stuff before Michael Leach got in the league. And so I didn't have anything else to do. So I wrote about Deuce McAllister. Right. Um, but you know, now you don't cover that. You kind of, we cover your team, you cover the team and you, and you get back out. So that one's there. Um, you know, the whole speaker phone deal AP with, 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 with Philip when he wasn't there because he had been subpoenaed and, he and did his video, stuff. All the video, all the TV cameras pointed at a phone. <laughs> <laughs> at, a, at a Charlie's Angels phone, you know, is what it looked like sitting there. Um, you know, so that one, you had the whole deal. Did he get issued a subpoena the year before, you know, and and he said no, and he ended up yes, and I guess. And uh, so, you know, that was two years of Tennessee making news that had nothing to do with playing a football game. But, um, you know, those are a couple that, they kind of stand out pretty quick. Good morning, angels. <laughs> That's what that phone looked like. Everybody's like laying their recorder next to the phone. You know, TV cameras are like, 30 minutes. All right, I got a good shot. Now to get a different angle. And at that point, it. Philip said, God, we should just do this every year. <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> he, he did it right outside Haywood, Haywood Harris's old office there. That's now the body pod room, I guess, is what it used to be. Uh, or what it is now. Um, but that one, you know, that one was goofy. That, that one was certainly very different. Yeah. I remember a couple of years ago on Radio Row, uh, the SID for Auburn, and this wasn't when it got, this wasn't when it was really, really, really bad for Brian Harson. of course, this is before the season, but Brian Harson still wasn't a very popular, you know, coach in the SEC. And the SID, I guess, to do damage control or to show good faith. I don't know what it was. He literally took him to, I mean, there's like 35, you know, booths on Radio Row or whatever. And he took them literally in a line down every booth and spent one minute at every booth. So you got in like one question, didn't even get to to finish your thought or anything. And then he would say, all right, next one, next one, next one. And I thought it was the weirdest thing in the world. I thought it was the stupidest thing in the world as well. That's one that sticks out to me. I'm sure that we'll see a lot more this week as SEC Media Days are ongoing down in Nashville, Tennessee. Of course, Fall yeah. Quest and Tennessee is going to be down there on Thursday. What would you say, Brent? I said I could tell some stories that had nothing to do with the coverage of SEC Media Days that were some highlights, but it might incriminate. I got, I, I, I it got might time. incriminate some people. I got <laughs> so time. I'm, Go I'm, ahead. I'm, I'm not going to talk about cars on curbs and everything else. So we'll, we'll leave that. We'll leave those stories for another day. That'll be from my memoir book uh, later on in life, Grant Ramey. Just remember, Hubs. Next year we get this. Grant Ramey's got a media day story as the Dallas theme player. I do, I do not. I, don't, I, don't, I haven't been around long enough for this. Who shot Jr. Ramey? Who shot Jr. That's the real question. My, my only media day memories are how quickly can you get back? Uh, how how quickly can you get out of the building, and how quickly can you get back to the house? Well, it depends on how long Cubs to stop at Buggies is. And that's no, a bummer no, because Tennessee's the last team to go this year. I'm not, I'm not hey. stopping at Buggies. Hey. Carthage, hey. Dunkin' Donut, and then hey. we're rolling. Hey. My hot take, Bucky's. It's just it's overrated. Like I, 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 I if I have to stop for gas, one hundred percent, it's cheaper. I'll go there. But the people that I know that literally drive to Crossville or now will drive to four hundred seven just to go up there and get some brisket or whatever, I just shake my. It's not worth getting that mess. I had to do it a couple weeks ago because I actually did need some gas on the way back yeah, from road you got to stop 100%. That's the best place to go. But, like, yeah. making it a destination, <laughs> no. 
Listen, oh, we got plenty year. of stuff over the site this week. VolQuest.com, SEC Media Days rolling on. We got tons of recruiting. Grant's got one. Go Come ahead. on, Grant, speak year, up. Next, No, next year, the down and back tradition, we'll just rent an RV. We'll have, what, five people in it so we can just alternate drivers. We'll wrap that thing in VolQuest decals <laughs> and just ride it down the road and cover it and come on straight back. And we'll just we, alternate. I need Rob Lewis's face on the back. down and back day trip with Rob driving. <laughs> well, can you well, see we, that <laughs> thing being top heavy and us playing? Well we, well, we have a lead car. Well, we have a lead car called Bandit One making that trip down and back is, is the question. Or better yet, do we land and rent a car with some horns on the hood? <laughs> hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna call I'm gonna start calling Rob Snowman. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm gonna I'm right, gonna sorry, set this sorry. thing. I'm gonna set this thing on the runway. Exterior Home Solutions couldn't do it without our friends over at Exterior Home Solutions. If you have a need uh, for any of the summer storms hitting your home or just want to upgrade your home in any way, Exterior Home Solutions 865-524-5888. Give them a call for a free estimate. Join us over at VolQuest.com and, of course, on the GQ each and every day for continual coverage of SEC Media Days, recruiting, uh, baseball transfer portal, all that and more. Uh, for Grant Ramey, Austin Price, Brent Hubbs, I am Eric Kane. Appreciate you guys for joining us here on a Tuesday VolQuest podcast. You've been listening to the VolQuest podcast every week here on VolQuest. Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads Money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050-424-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE. NY or text HOPE NY in New York.